0: all right we are back thank you once again everyone for tuning in this is Todd Sylvester with the Todd inspires belief cast once again I want to tell you how grateful I am for all of your support we are trending we are downloading like crazy and it's because of you guys for supporting this and sharing this and it's also because I have amazing guests come on and today's gonna be no different I do need to give a shout out to our sponsors uh, Siegfried and Jensen Wasatch Recovery um mountain west spine and orthopedics uh thread wallets i just got thread wallets man those guys are amazing they make an amazing product Uh, they're now a sponsor as well Uh, and then living recovery interventions they're also a sponsor and we got a bunch of silent sponsors as well so thank you you know who you are and then the music that you heard at the beginning and you'll hear it at the end of this uh, episode is by my good friend paul cardall he's an award-winning pianist uh he's got 25 million active listeners every month and just I'm grateful that he's a part of this as well. So we are just in a good spot. I'm surrounded by amazing people and I love you guys. Well today we have a a guest. His name is Rob Schaefer. Rob, thank you for joining us.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, Rob has an incredible story. Um, He was referred to me by a mutual friend of ours, someone that I used to work with here at Wasatch and I'm just grateful uh, that he connected us. Yes. You know, yeah, and you're, you're you know great guy. Um, a little background on Rob, and there's a lot of background, but I'm just going to hit a few key points. Um, he's a self development coach. Uh, he's got a bachelor's from the University of Utah in social work. He's had a ten year drug addiction, which we're going to really get into because um, it's miracle after miracle in his life through you know a lot of pain and anguish and trauma in his life he uh does retreats um if i'm not mistaken it's called hive vibrations h-a-h-y-v-e correct hive, yep and which is amazing you're just trying to make a difference in people's lives because of what you've been through and that's what really stood out to me rob is that despite the trauma and the pain and everything that you've been through and the, and the craziness at times right that here you are going okay I'm where I'm at now, and I want to make a difference. And that really stood out to me, and it really inspires me. So, thank you for being willing to come here and share your story with us today.
1: Oh, absolutely. Thank yeah. you for having me. And you bet. Want to hear it.
0: So, why don't we start? I know there's a lot to talk about, but why don't we start? Tell us a little bit about where you grew up and,
1: and your childhood. Um, so, I grew up in Utah County in a small town of Payson. Okay. Uh, it's about an hour south or 45 minutes from. From here, yeah, and I grew up. Let's see, I think my parents divorced when I was two, and mm. I'm not sure when my mom remarried. I wasn't maybe about four or five. Anyways, I think I shaved. I shaved my head the the, the day that my mom got remarried to my stepfather. I. Was just very young, so anyways, I can only remember that
0: particular right. point <laughs> in the story. Were you doing it to rebel, kind of thing, or just decided to shave your head? You
1: know, <laughs> probably both. Probably a little you know? both, yeah. Yeah, It was a pretty shaky thing up, yeah. in, uh, you know, in our home. Yeah. So, anyways, so we had a home in Provo um, okay. when my when I think my parents were still uh, married, and then it moved. We moved to Payson. Uh, when I was like six or seven. Okay. Yeah, so then I lived there till I was 18.
0: Yeah, do you have siblings?
1: I have two older brothers. Okay. Uh, next oldest is Greg. He's four years older than me, and the last one is Garrett. He's six years older than gotcha.
0: me. Gotcha, okay. So how were you as a child? Were you a rambunctious, getting in trouble kind of kid, or were you like into sports? What, what was it
1: like? Um... I was into sports, but that's because my mom put, the, put me into sports. Yeah. Like, I was a really good swimmer. Oh, okay. Uh, so I was in swimming for about 10 years. Swimming's no joke. Yeah, it is no that's joke. Quite I love the, it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, funny story, I've also, also drowned once, and I remember oh. it vividly. And so typically, wow. you know, you think you'd have a fear of it, but I actually I love water. So, okay. Um, but yeah, swimming was a really, really For a 10 years, sport. huh? Yeah. Uh, I, I skateboarded. Uh, when I was younger, okay. I felt like that was a kind of an edgy sport. So the friends that I had were out there, uh, you know, curbing up wax on the, on somebody's property. <laughs> exactly.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Any other things that you were involved with besides those
1: things? Uh, no. Pretty uh, much that. there was, I mean, depending on what age, uh, we're going for, it went from like skateboarding to BMX biking to, back okay. to mountain biking and then gotcha. hiking and then you know cycling all those sports back through. but nothing really official other than the swimming. Gotcha. okay.
0: Well, obviously you know what we want to talk about and get into because uh, there's a lot to, to share with and people need to hear this. you know in your early teens, you started experimenting with drugs, started with weed and eventually led to meth. So kind of just talk about that and then just kind of go from there and share kind of what this road led to for you.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, so to give a better little idea is that from the divorce, uh, at, at that young age of, of two mm-hmm. till I started showing signs of this outbursts, that was hmm. all the framework being laid for like how I would develop later and then how I would give back gotcha. in the, in the current time. Okay. Um, and so that was a pretty like tumultuous time to be, at, um, living in my home my mom was constantly freaked out always always fighting with my dad uh with my father and we had she had full custody of us except like one or two weekends out of the month okay so that kind of set a lot of roadblocks and some good psychology for all this to make sense later (laughs) yeah right (laughs) but uh when i started getting into uh drugs and weed is because my oldest brother garrett was doing it and i idled him so okay and then Greg and Garrett, my older brothers, they would hang out together, but I was too far away in years yeah. from them. And I, so I was it was like an island growing up. So I idled them even though they would never want to hang out with me. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it started when I was 15. Uh, and there was a little bit of drinking uh, too, but I didn't really care for any of that. It fig- yeah. So yeah, just uh, skipping class and the normal stuff. I mean, I think I became aware that I had a really good addiction as soon as I was starting to ask my brother more questions about how to like get more or what mm-hmm. are were doing or yeah. how does this all work? And just as I was naturally falling into that world. Right. Um, um, and I could also do school with it. it. I was still being capable of doing all the activities. Yeah. And so it, was, it wasn't. Bothering Did your me.
0: mom or dad know that you were doing this? My mom knew that my
1: oldest brother was doing it. Okay. Uh, but I was kind of on the low key and you know, out of all three of us boys, we really like, (laughs) (laughs) I think we really wore our mom out. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, so by the time I came along, she was like, you know what, you'll figure it out. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. Okay." Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. Um, you know, in retrospect, it was just attention that I was looking for. Um, the drugs and all that stuff. it was fun, but later I just find out that it was just it's just another way that I was just trying to get attention whatever way possible yeah right um, <clears throat> so th- I think it was I watched my brother pick me up one morning to go to a, a concert my oldest brother Garrett we we're gonna go to go to the big ass show at uh, the Utah county fairgrounds yeah and I had watched him we pulled up to a buddy's house to pick up something and I had come inside and through the doorway, I'd watch my brother snort something over his nose, and I asked later what it was, and he explained to me that that was meth, and I said, well, I want to do that, and he goes, no, 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 and I would, and I just pined over it all day long, yeah. just hounded him. Kind of ruined the concert, so eventually, as a good brother does, he teaches yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, um, all, it's
0: all innocent, it feels like at the time, too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it,
1: and it introduced me to an entirely new perspective yeah. of, just where I was in my life and what the things that were going on. I think I'm 16 at the time. Yeah, um, I'm just barely getting my learner's permit. I've got a side job. I'm doing really well in school. And so I kind of think I'm like in the fast lane. I'm like, ooh, dude, my life's like really exciting. Yeah. Um, and it was. Um, until it, I guess it wasn't. Until it wasn't. Until it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I actually think that I was 17 at this time because I remember in the first year uh, the World Trade t- Towers coming down. So then I remember being oh yeah that time. Okay, right yeah. then. for sure, yeah. And it also supported the crutch of using uh, drugs because I thought, you know, oh, the world could possibly be ending now, so, you know, why give up? Let's go strong as fast as you can. Yeah, right. And I think before too long, my brother had had an alliance with me to only use with him, but that quickly dissolved, and I just started doing it all the time with other people. And, right. And in that in that fashion and so that actually drove a wedge between our relationship yeah and so i just kind of kept experimenting and going deeper and deeper um and 18 rolls around and i think i the first 30 days of me being 18 i think i uh, the first day of me being 18 years old i got pulled in the principal's office and because i had been in drug court at one time in school yeah. and done really really well yeah they can tell when i'm not in drug court right because <laughs> <laughs> my, my greg's like something's going on yeah, here something's going on. what's up on those what's grades. up with rob yep <laughs> so i was asked to either go back to drug court um uh, or i could be released from uh, that school and so i said okay then i i don't want to be here anymore uh my mom was on the city council in payson at the time and okay. so she got word of that oh. pretty fast yeah in fact, it takes me like twenty-five minutes to walk from the high school to my house, and she knew and was at my at the home before I got before I got before you got there. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that was like nine thirty in the morning. <laughs> so she's like, "You can either pee in this cup or you can get out of this house." And so, like, that happened later that day. So Man. those, you know, eighteen was a whammy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, and then I had already been kind of on the radar radar with a local PD about some, um, some arson and some, some burglary in the neighborhood. So it's kind of already mm-hmm. on cops radar. Yeah. So, uh, I don't even think it was a month into my 18th birthday and I was locked up for the first 30 days. And that's, you know, that was, a, that was a big transition of like, oh, okay. So this is what this lifestyle looks like. But I instantly took on the labels of I couldn't stop this addiction. This is me now. Mm. Look what I put myself into. I'm not good enough. I'm stuck. Oh yeah. It started yeah. and it started so early. When I look back on it now, I'm like, yeah. just incredible pain and guilt and shame that you can layer on. Yeah, right. Look at all the people you hurt, your mother. So,
0: I mean, one day in jail would be tough. <laughs> 30 days right off the bat right there. That, that had to have been tough.
1: Yeah, it was different uh, when all your responsibilities are taken away from you. And yeah. you really don't have any rights. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, okay, you're just existing. Wow. So,
0: But even that wasn't the wake up call
1: yeah so funny thing about that so my father um comes down and visits me and asks if i want to live with him and i said yes because i didn't have anywhere to go yeah and i started thriving she you know but mm. he kind of put me so here's here's the backstory. My, my dad was working in for nature sunshine doing very well for himself um lives in south jordan so Every time that I would come visit my dad, it was really nice. You know, like they've got the pool in the backyard, yeah. like, the lifestyle that I would be loving. Yeah, but I have no idea how to have how to get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> so my stepmother, she gets me a job at a local uh, pool place in Draper Pool uh, in like Sandy Pool. She's got the hookups there, and uh, and then I have a ride in my father. You know buys this real beat up geo metro but it's like to me it's gold it's right. absolutely gold. yeah right you know. <laughs> about halfway like four months into that i'm getting a shape i haven't smoked cigarettes or anything like that right. and uh-huh. then all of a sudden the thought of i have to use comes into mm. my head i like i think i should be a, i think i should do this or i'll have a cigarette and the sneaking and the lying literally the smallest things kick off the addiction all over again yeah so I think, in a matter of like eight months, I was kicked back out of, out of my house, my dad's house for the first time, and that was my first real experience of just homelessness um yeah. and I was wanted on some burglary and theft charges mm-hmm. and 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 I was caught with another individual for that, and we did uh i think I did like nine months right then uh right then doing some felony uh yeah felony stuff. Mm. Uh, um, yeah, so that was my real first taste of like, okay, so this is the lifestyle that I need to get used to. Yeah. And by the end of that, my months, I think I was in the annex building, so I was going from work to back to the jail. Oh, okay. to jail. Wow. <clears throat> um, and then so when I left that, I think I got into a pretty toxic relationship, and that will help really, really help spin you out. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So after a little bit of homelessness and the and the jail time, I asked my mother if I can move back in with her. And she said yes. And at that time, her and my stepfather were not getting along. And so I actually think I expedited that whole situation. And I think she instigated a fight one night. And I was in the room when that happened. So that's when my stepfather was never left in the house again. So I think I tidal waved that. Um, And then I lived with my mom for a while. While I was trying to figure out why did I... Why did I have this roller coaster situation where I just could not help myself but use and then go to jail? And then And so I started to start piecing it together that, oh, you know, I've got this pattern where I'm getting into trouble a lot. And I'm also know how to get out of trouble. And I'm starting to see these patterns that I know how to get out. Yeah. And but I don't know what to do with myself after. Yeah. I'm out of trouble. Yeah. No worry. Right. Yep. So uh, naturally, I just start the addiction back up. Um, and I'm in a toxic relationship and I'm racking up the charges. I'm going to jail like every three weeks. Are you like,
0: what What are these charges? Are you possession charges, possession mm.
1: charges, driving on suspension charges, okay. assault charges mm. all across the Springville. You saw Wasatch Valley. Just, I'm just making a real fool of myself. Yeah. And meanwhile, trying to support a really healthy addiction now and trying to just stay under the radar of, of anyone uh, that, yeah, you know, of, of my family or anybody any like that. Right. So wow. Yeah, just out of
0: control. It sounds like at this point.
1: Yes. Yes. So, um, 2006 rolls around, and my, f- and so by this time, my my father and I have a pretty tumultuous relationship, but it's mm-hmm. it's not it's not done, yeah. and um, one. F- July 29th of 2006, It's July 28th of 2006, the day before my father was, had invited me up to, um, go boating at, at, uh, Jordan Hill mm-hmm. and I declined and I was pretty messed up at the time. I just made up a lie. I said, I'll see you in the morning. And, uh, and about six hours later, uh, he was pronounced dead at a hospital in Heber wow. uh, just of a, of, of a heart attack. sorry to hear that. That's okay. That was uh thank you. It was um it was a huge gift. Um so the interesting thing about my father passing is because I didn't see I didn't see how blind I was to all my anger. Yeah all the hurt. Yeah. And so after he died, I uh I I really had to ask myself. I By the way, when I found out that he passed, I I quickly drove to someone's house and I th- I think I pr- I got pretty lost for about 3 months. I fell off the radar. Missed the funeral on purpose. Just could not clean up. I couldn't that kind of information was just I couldn't understand it. Yeah. And were you trying to end your life too? You know, I don't think so. I think sure. I was just trying to bury yeah. the unhappiness about gotcha. the situation. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, now he's gone. And I like, I can't tell him how pissed off I am. Yeah. And so it was amazing because it, like, it just sped everything up. Nine months later, I'm getting thrown up. This is, and I've told this story before because... It's kind of a blackout period. Yeah. 9 months after that, I just remember coming to and being walked out of the gate of my apartment that I was renting from by handcuffed with cops and I just remember being kind of pushed up against the car. Yeah. And I just looked around and went what am I what am I doing? Because it's incredibly embarrassing <laughs> to get arrested in front of your house. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but sure. I mean, I just, I deserved it. I needed yeah. to be put away. Yeah. Wow.
0: Goodness. <clears throat> There's a tissue over there if you need oh. one. Yeah.
1: So three months after that, I actually go to my very first Alcoholics Anonymous meeting in Salt Lake. Okay. Let's actually back up. Um the the one of the most pivotal moments was after my father's uh passing in in about that 9 months <clears> then. <throat> I got released the same night that I was handcuffed against that car. Okay. And and I hooked up again and I went back to my place and and I put it every, like about half of what I had in syringes and I just <clears throat> i didn't try to end my life because i didn't think it would be really that possible but i tried to just stop the pain and i just cried for like the next four or five hours and i had mm-hmm. so much meth inside of my system and it was yeah. just like okay it's, it's done working it doesn't work anymore yeah and um, i actually <laughs> funny thing is i actually uh <laughs> i prayed and then i was like dude i don't know what's going on i don't know who you are what's going i, I like i hate this whatever yeah. this is is yeah and i and i it's the funny thing is the I still go back to the most pivotal moment is I was like, either kill me, lock me up or like show me a different life. Yeah. That's right. It. Like, just let it happen. Yeah. Cause this is, this is crappy. And it was the next day someone called me and asked if I was looking for a job. And I said, yes. And he explained his situation. He said, you, you just got fired from this other guy and I'm friends with him. Mm. And I would really like to give you a chance. He says, you need some help. And so I'd like to help you. So I went up and roofed a, a, a deck on a house for him and he gave me a check and I I opened up my wallet and I just showed him a bunch of checks and I was like I don't even know what to do with money so your check doesn't help me mm. like because if I cash it I'm just going to use like yeah. I don't know what to do right no yeah and he's like okay well then you know let's let's go to a meeting and so he took me to a very first mm. I don't know like a 3 p.m. meeting yeah right the El- L <laughs> on 50th and yeah. I don't even know if it exists anymore but there's a big huge park, karma Carmen blocks surrounding that church right yeah anyways so uh that was my first real taste of of a and i was like okay well if this is what i have to do and so i just went from linden to salt lake linden to salt lake and i hung out in the valley as much as i could go yeah. to as many meetings as possible the cool thing was this guy actually the who in, employed me is that he paid he agreed that if i did not contact my ex <laughs> She was kind of the crux of the deal.
0: Yeah, that would. Yeah, that obviously opened the door for you to just crash and burn again.
1: Yes. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Every time. Every time. Yep. It's like a formula and yeah. <laughs> people don't get it when you yeah. first hear it. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I understand.
1: So he paid my bills. He bought me a car that I paid off with several jobs. And that was my real go at like putting some sobriety, uh, putting some clean time underneath yeah. me and dealing with the crap that I had going on. Yeah, right. right um it wasn't you know i I had let's see relapsed on heroin in 2009 Mm. yeah and almost lost my leg i've kind of passed out on my on my leg and cut the sciatic nerve off for a long time so was driven to one hospital woke up at another and uh and then that's the information they gave me and so i lost my apartment because the person that was renting it the room to me was the one that drove me to the hospital so obviously they didn't want me in their house anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. And you had to learn to walk again, right? Because y- of that. Yeah. And so I didn't have insurance. So I, I didn't lose my job, which I'm a roofer. So yeah. learning how to lock out a leg that doesn't want to work or you can't really <laughs> feel it anymore yeah. uh, on a, even a pitch or even level grade, it was impossible. It was such a – I still have things that I'm working out with that leg. So it's, it's, it, was a, it was a hell of a deal. It was a, it was a great wake-up call. It yeah. bought me my next um, – bought me into my next like four years, wow, uh, and and spent working with a company that that we did it out of state roofings uh, a lot okay. more. So I was out, out of the state, right, twenty eight days of the of the month, and came back just to refresh, maybe pay bills, and just get back out. Yeah. So that was uh, that was really nice, um, and a chance. Uh, you know, there was a guy in AA that took a chance on me. We became really good friends and moved in together, and so that's what we created this safe place to yeah. to to be ourselves you know wow. and get some sobriety and do our thing so yeah. um <clears throat> i think in 2000 uh 13 i took a break uh from aa <laughs> and yeah. the same day i picked up a chip too it was really funny <laughs> i picked up a chip and later that night i was like all right i'm going to try drinking and <laughs> and it was one of the most bizarre years of my life continuing to try and absolutely just prove that i can monitor what's on. i going. can do this i can do this <laughs> and you know what i did it i tricked myself it was completely fine um <clears throat> the the funny thing about that was is that the moment that i realized that i had tricked myself it opened this floodgate of thought of like you just destroyed everything just go over the edge now. Like yeah, just do it. Right. And that thought scared me so much that I broke up with my, uh, fiance that I was dating at the time, moved out of the apartment, moved right into one of my buddy's uh, places. And I was like, Hey dude, i like, here's my news. Here's my new schedule. I'm going to be here at these times. Please. Thank you so much. Yeah. Great support system. You're right. Um, and that's exactly what I did for the next, what was it? Till 2020. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, let's see. In that time, let's see. I've in 2015 I petitioned to a board of pardons too, uh, because at that that time I had put a couple years behind my college degree. At first, at Slick, just okay. getting a, a general, yeah, and then uh, transferring over to the University of Utah to get my social work uh, de- uh, degree, mm-hmm. right, and. <clears throat> So one of the first things I need to do is clean up my record. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of need to do that. (laughs) Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So what (laughs) I had had, at the time I had 53 charges. uh, And so I was just trying to get them. (laughs) Yeah. So I spent a lot of years actually writing BCI, the Bureau of Criminal Investigation. And they would deny me because they're like, you have five of these charges and you have like under... You have nine of these charges. Like, these will never go away. No. I'm like, dude, just come on. So eventually they wrote me and said, stop writing us. This will be the final letter. We just opened up a board of pardons with six members on the director. director, (laughs) And, you know, apply with them, see what they say. So I did it. Immediately turned around, wrote the letter, came back. They denied it. They found a, a fine that had been accruing interest in Provo for like eight years. So oh, I went no. from a $4,000 charge to $12,000. And then they're like, we denied you because of this. But after you pay this, you can come back and reapply. Twelve grand. Yeah. And they got a 90-day turnover load. So it's like, uh, even yeah. if I get that done and then I sign this stuff, it's, it's six good. months. It's a new I group hear. of people. Right, yeah. And they're going to go, who are you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I applied again. Jeez. And they gave me a pre-approval of uh-huh. like a, you know, a consultation and kind of meet with uh, who is going to help you proceed through this whole thing? Yeah. So they set a date, and I went before six a panel of six people, and I relived every single charge I had been charged with, and whether they deemed that necessary to forgive or not. Yeah. And it was a really emotional. I can imagine. Like, yeah. You're just. They would ask you what you were thinking and how you felt. instead of like why did you do this yeah and it was a really great we should write our entire justice system just like that exactly find out where it started what were you thinking yeah so (laughs) um and after that they gave me a call about two weeks later and let me know that everything they were going to allow a full pardon and seal my records and so i like i had a fresh start and then by that time I put like 12, 13 years that I haven't been in a jail or, or committed a crime or anything mm-hmm. like that. I mean, I put significant time and effort back into working yeah. with people in AA and and, uh, yeah. and then working as like psych technicians at treatment centers. And so I'm like very savvy with this new world that I'm in and I put a lot of effort into sure, turning around. Yeah. So I was just like elated when they were just like, here you go, here's your future. I mean, and that was kind of the reasons, like what, why do you want to write this? Why do you want this sealed in in the first place because you have a job you, like, you right need work. Yeah, what's the problem here? yeah and it's like well no i have like, the aspirations to like give back and, i want to like,
0: do something more yeah yeah like,
1: <laughs> well at this time rob were you
0: i know you after you almost lost your leg and had to relearn to walk you got involved i think with crossfit is that correct yes it is yeah, yeah, yeah. so you got involved with that just talk a little bit about that i mean i'm a huge crossfit fan I love watching the CrossFit games. Yeah. I mean, I look at you, man, you're like this obviously, well, you look amazing. Um my, oh, thank you. This <laughs> whole, okay, thank you. This whole thing? No, but you look great. I mean you can tell you take care of yourself, but how did CrossFit play a part in kind of your recovery?
1: Okay. Yeah, sorry. I no, was trying no. to match all these stories like that. No, Matrix. no, no. I know there's a
0: lot, but no, <laughs> this is great. I just was I just really am fascinated by that okay. part. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: So um, <laughs> so when my life became semi normal Maybe about four months out of the hospital uh, from losing my leg. That's when a, uh, someone invited me to go to a CrossFit class. And I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. Because I got a, a VASA membership, but I wasn't, wasn't using it. Yeah. Um, and I was just instantly addicted. I think I actually stopped smoking that same week. Uh, oh, I picked yeah. up a chewing habit, obviously, because you have to just, you know. You've got to you move you, from you one to the other. Yeah. You need your <laughs> lungs, but you still need that stuff. Um, and it didn't necessarily like help me learn how to walk again, but it gave me something to do. Yeah. And I loved it. I, because at that time I didn't know what to do on a Friday night other than go really make an ass of yourself and get into (laughs) a lot of trouble. I I did not know how to do it. (laughs) And uh, that gave me something to do. And I loved it. I did it for the next 10 years. Uh, I, I did my very first competition as an individual, when sectionals was still a thing in 2010, in yeah. Washington, Newport. okay, I think Newport, Washington, I'm not sure on that. Uh, on that, you know, fact check me. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, and I and I lost horribly, but I competed in front of people for the first time. Yeah, and it was just like amazing, and exhilarating. That oh, was the I bet. The, yeah, the adrenaline rush off of doing something in front of a bunch of people, and you're like, "Well, this is gonna like so look dumb." Yeah. But <laughs> well, it's it much anyways.
0: better than getting arrested in front of your house, though. Yes. With the neighbors oh watching. Gosh. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Caveat. At least I'm not getting arrested. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, but no, that's that takes a lot of guts and courage because I mean I look at some of those people that compete in that, and you're like, "Are you kidding me? They're ma- I mean they're
1: animals." Yeah, they're just straight. You animals, know. Straight but athletes. for
0: you to do what to even do that says a lot about you. And kind of where your mindset was at the time, right?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, and I, I I look back now and I go, what was my mindset? Like, how did I fall into this path where it led me yeah. down some some <laughs> awesome direction? I'm yeah. like, how did I end up here? Mm. And that's amazing. Yeah, so I, I competed uh, regionals and games with on a team uh, UTE in 2011 and 2013. Uh, we played pretty well as a team, you know. Yeah cut that part out no, i'm just kidding <laughs> no, we did really we did really well and it was so much fun in fact i i often think man if it was just like you know 10 years ago we'd i'd still be just getting into this right and it would have been fun so now i feel like i'm really just a little too old but right. uh game <laughs> yeah so uh, regionals four times games twice. that's amazing last time was 2016 yeah
0: Well, and I think a lot of people listening to this right now and just those who have gone through addiction or struggling with it right now even, I think working out and taking care of our bodies in in obviously the opposite way when we're putting poison in it, Mm -hmm. how good that feels and the endorphins and the serotonin and the oxytocin and all these chemicals that get released when we do that. Yeah. How good that feels. Yeah. Right? And
1: and at first I don't think, so this was another like (laughs) (laughs) just an epiphany is when I started doing CrossFit. I, you know, people would tell you what to eat and what to drink and yeah. what times to do all this stuff and mm-hmm. yada yada yada. So you, obviously, you <laughs> listen to none of them. You just go and do your own thing, right? You're right. Just <laughs> collaborating on your own stuff. <laughs> and I figured out that I have not made my own food in a very long time. That I haven't yeah. put thought into what I'm actually eating. And mm-hmm. so it was it cracked the egg on the whole. I'm going to like make this a science. Mm-hmm. And now uh it, it's really exciting to make those types of transition in like the nutrition aspect yeah like my wife and i cook every night together but for multiple reasons just because yeah. we want to hang out yeah spend we, time with each yeah, other Yeah, we love connecting cooking. exactly exactly yeah. but back then i'm like trying to figure out how the oven works and i don't know <laughs> what this plate does and why is there two different sizes of forks <laughs> <laughs> and so um and so yeah it. <laughs> and it took me a while to figure something out because my body was hurt and trying to still heal from a lot of trauma Mm -hmm. and physical and emotional trauma that I was just, uh, just being, you know, brought up normally in, in day-to-day life. So.
0: Yeah. So no, that's, I mean, again, amazing. You, you talked about your wife, you met her at the end of 2015. Um, you know, you were in toxic relationships before. Now you've kind of turned your life around. Now you meet your wife right? And now you're doing thing. you're cooking together. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think those simple things are so powerful in a healthy living, right? In the way we take care of ourselves.
1: Yeah. It's been a big coming of a thing in, yeah. our, in our home. We keep putting little pieces <laughs> of this thing that we call our home and our life together. And it just becomes a little bit more beautiful every time that we do it. But when yeah. we started, I when I, when I met my wife, I th- well, I still think this, but sh- she is so out of my league. So she's like, she's so <laughs> rad. <laughs> Shout out to his wife. What's what's your wife's name? Angelique Fish. Angelique, nice she, to. Her. She is a she is as the most positive person in the most annoying way. So <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't be this happy all the time. I know, right? but One she is. Things. She's just a yeah. good spirit. And yeah. so when I met her, she was just really outgoing, and I wanted to be a part of whatever she had going on, and and ever since we first hung out it was just like an explosion of excitement like we're just we're so opposite too and that's what oh, makes it yeah great, you makes know? it gel yeah, yeah yeah i'm just about as lazy as they get really <laughs> i will have like such high aspiration i'm just kidding i've done a lot but the, she's just next gear right so um, yeah. she does a lot of outdoor stuff with women okay. she's got the wine hiking society thing going on for oh, her, cool. her part yeah they've been right. doing so great and so oh, that's awesome Um, and so we get outdoors a lot and we spend a lot of time together and to be blessed to have the type of a teacher she is to me.
0: Wow. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad that you found her and she found you. Yeah. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of questions I have for you and I'm going to ask you a really tough one right now. Okay. And it's a tough one. Okay, you ready for this? And I know there, I know there's so much more to your story and I know you're chomping at the bit to get to all of it. Yeah. But what what do you going through all of this, what is what is the biggest lesson do you think you've learned? I mean, through through the the drug abuse, through you know, even back when you were a kid and going watching your parents divorce and and dealing with all of that and being arrested in front of your house and and almost losing your leg and not being able to walk and just years and years of addiction and criminal behavior. What, and I know this is hard, you've learned many lessons, I know, but is there something that stands out to you, Rob?
1: As far as lessons-wise? Yeah, just. I think the biggest lesson that I'm constantly trying to remind myself of is just Remind yourself you're human. Mm. You know, I'm I'm a human. Yeah. And like that. I'm okay. Um I love that. I'm doing things the I think the best that I know how. Given the circumstances, I'm doing really well. Right. From where I've been to the homelessness, the two and a half years being locked up. Just the the type of rehabilitation emotionally and mentally that you have to go through to try to teach yourself new stuff because you feel like, okay, now I actually have full power of my uh, self, so I can do anything I want. Now I can go back and get in trouble, and then try to reverse all the action. <laughs> yeah, and try yeah. to understand how to communicate with my wife in a productive way. Um, mm-hmm. and then in then in in and of society, it becomes um, it becomes easy to tear myself down and go. Why aren't you doing things better? Why aren't you Why aren't you this? Why aren't you that? Why Why don't you have those things yet? And it's like, dude, you, really? You where from? Where you came from? So just be nice. Yeah. Just be nice to yourself. It's okay.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. You are okay. You yeah. really are. Despite all the stuff you've been through. I mean, at the end of the day, you're okay, man. Yeah. Right? I love yeah. that you said that. <laughs> so, I have I have a quote up here on my wall. Do you do you, you mind sharing that with the
1: the listeners? The most delightful surprise in life is to suddenly recognize that there is nothing wrong with you. That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. It's it. yeah.
0: a good one. And that's ultimately what you're kind of saying there is that out of all the stuff you've been through the the good the bad the ugly everything you realize at the end of the day you're human you're okay you know and I'm a, and you're good.
1: Yeah, and it took a lot of work to get to that. Yeah, oh yeah. But it's it's really <laughs> resonating with me because my yeah. life just looks different it feels different. Um and I and I want to help. Yeah. I love that. What do you love most about you Rob? <laughs>
0: another tough one <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think I pretty much give up my best every day to like tell the most I don't know I, I think I'm a funny guy I think I'm a funny guy okay yeah yeah and so I'm always trying to come up with another joke, but some like half of them don't make it to the, the speaking right. piece, and, but <laughs> they're, they're hilarious. So I'm like, wow, oh, don't ever tell that joke. Nope. <laughs> so I'm constantly trying to do that. So right. I love, I love that about me. Yeah. So it makes life livable. Well, that's
0: very cool. Yeah. You know, um, you know, now you're, are you currently in the graduate program for social work? Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you're looking at graduating in May of 2023. Correct right on congratulations by the way Thank that's you so another no easy feat yeah and that's, that's <laughs> a tough thing you're doing right yeah yeah for,
1: uh <laughs> i've changed three coh- cohorts so <laughs> been doing this for just, i've been doing part-time for a long time so yeah it's a long time coming i'm super excited
0: yeah and then what else are you doing you currently own your own uh company is that correct
1: yeah i started a roofing company in 2015 uh and still have it currently right and then started one uh a Started my new company in this year, actually uh, twenty two. Uh, Hive Vibe or High Vibrations, however you want to say it. Yeah, uh, the vibrations might be like you know, too long to say. So,
0: oh, I like that. So, tell us about that. What's what's
1: what what is Hive Vibe? So last year, I thought about making a pro- uh, thought about creating a program for men to um, do experiential therapy in the woods or do some guided activities yeah. and stuff like that. Just to be with guys, just to mm-hmm. reestablish this connection with dudes. Yeah. And I didn't do anything with it for about a year, and then the issue rolled around right at the end of January, and I was like, let's just do it. So I contacted a bunch of friends. We did a little little beta testing with a weekend retreat, came back. It was a smash, got great results, so we changed the program a little bit (laughs) and to reflect more of what it is. But really, it's a backbone piece, or at least a starting piece. I'm not sure exactly how I should word it, but the retreats is – more like at the back end of what I have really got going on, but I'm, I'm trying to do coaching on the front end. Gotcha. But we flipped yeah. it around on this one, and so we're, and so that's what I do is a, a self development coaching. Love that. Right now, yeah, yeah, very cool. And so, yeah, everyone gets a chance to see a different dynamic on the on the retreat. On of, the retreat of, as well. Yeah. yeah beautiful.
0: Well, I love that you're doing that again. That's your way to give back, you know, and people really resonate with you because because of your story, because your story makes what you do now authentic.
1: Yes, thank you. Yeah,
0: that's the beautiful thing about what you're doing. And you know, it's like, had you not been through any of that, it'd be really difficult maybe to do this, you might not even be doing it, but people would probably not listen to you, like what, what is this guy, he's he's nothing. He's never been through anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But yet, when people hear your story, and, and I love the way you share it by the way, it's very vulnerable and open, so I, I don't know, I'm just really, think it's great that you're doing that to give back
1: thank you very much yeah. yeah it's very rewarding so far we've 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 gained a lot of traction and a lot of clients and I'm super I'm super excited to see what we can do as far as uh gaining more relationships with with bonds with men and and just helping people move yeah to their path yeah um anything else
0: you'd like to share before we wrap things up um <laughs> another loaded question yeah super loaded
1: like what do you want me to say guide me on this
0: well why don't we do this if there's someone listening to you right now Rob and I promise you there is someone right now listening who is struggling they're in a dark place they're kind of caught up they're not sure what to do you've already shared some really good advice already but what could you tell that one person right now who is in that place and is not sure what to do what would you tell them
1: I mean, they might not believe me, but they're not alone. They are so not alone. Yeah. Uh, we we don't have original thoughts. The most the, everyone I talk to has fears the same things. Yeah, we all have the same fears. So we're all walking each other home in this situation. So it's I, I hope that there's somebody that you can reach out to or be willing to reach out to to yeah. to talk to because talking does so much.
0: It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Again, that's why you're doing the development coaching and the retreats and things like that. Mm-hmm. No, that's beautiful advice. I couldn't agree more. And I will say to that one person as well, reach out to me. And then if they wanted to reach out to you and get to know you better, maybe even sign up for your courses or the coaching, what would be the best way for someone to do
1: that, Rob? You can find me. Hopefully, they have social media because that's what I'm working with sure. platform-wise yeah. <laughs> on Instagram at uh, Hive. Uh, dot vibe dot rob. Um, and then we're on, uh, high vibe Shopify and that's when okay. we uh, release our, uh, our, our, our retreats. And you can also just book through me on Instagram as well.
0: As well. Okay. Um, on the coaching. Beautiful. And I'll add that to all the show notes. So awesome. They also have links to that. So when we go live with this, you know, we'll be able to you know, put that out there, but, uh, Hey, I I can't thank you enough, Rob, for being willing to come share your story and, and get vulnerable and and really open up to us, to our audience. And uh, I know that they're are going to benefit from listening to what you've been through and proof that you can overcome some very difficult things in their in your life. You know, because again, we're all going through it, right, on some level. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This has been fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, this is going to be great. I can't wait for this to go live. Um, I want to say to anyone listening too that if you have someone you know in your life who's suffering or struggling, share a link of this episode to them. It would be a great way for them to hear someone like Rob and relate with them on so many levels but also see, you know, how he got past this and now he's giving back and doing something different in his life. And it's possible for all of us, honestly. And that's why I'm sitting here. <laughs> kind of the same thing. I mean, I had something happen in my life and, and, uh, because of that, here I am talking to Rob. I mean, are you kidding me? What a blessing this is to be sitting with you. So thank you. It means a lot to me.
1: Thank you very much.
0: You bet. Well, there you go, guys. I told you this was going to be another amazing episode. Please reach out to Rob, check out, you know, his Instagram Check out his courses, his uh, development coaching, and uh, be a part of what he does. I think it's pretty amazing what he's doing. And um, thank you, like I said, for always tuning in week after week. Again, thanks to our sponsors. Thanks for all you do and for believing in me. Uh, Again, we're trending because of the sponsors. It allows us to get this message out to more and more people, and we're going to continue doing that. So I love you guys. And Rob, once again, a big thank you to you. And again, a shout out to your wonderful wife for supporting all that you do. Thank you very much. Yeah. Till next time, everyone.